This is episode 116 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is hope. Having hope in your life absolutely gives you the strength, the endurance, the wherewithal to get through almost any challenge. And there's a very big difference with either ourselves or our family members feeling hope and feeling motivated. So we're going to put on our solution-focused mindset, and we're going to look at those two things today. And if you're new to this program, thank you. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here to join us. If you've listened to me for a while, I want to invite you to leave a review on this show. If you listen to uh, the Apple platform, then you just go to the actual show page and scroll down a little bit and you'll see the five-star review. I read each and every one of them and it's so helpful to get this important solution-focused information out to families like yours. And at the very end of this show, you're going to get some very special information about my coaching programs going into the summer and some discount codes that you are eligible for as a podcast listener. And lately, as I'm working with kids, I'm hearing more and more often that kids are lacking a level of resilience. They're giving up. They're wanting to just go hang out on their couch and play video games. Sometimes they just don't even want to leave the house. How can we make them feel motivated to keep going and go to places when they're acting sometimes so lazy? Well, resilience is something that is learned. And if you've been looking for tools, look no further. You can use the products that are sold at the Big Life Journal. They're amazing. And that is why they're my affiliate partner. And when you use my code that you can access in the show notes or on my website, you will be supporting the Focused Mindset at no extra cost to you. Plus, they always provide you guys with so many cool free downloads. You do not want to miss the offer this month at the Big Life Journal. To keep this simple for you, I created a bit.ly link for you. Just go to bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash share big life. That's going to be your easy link to see all of the products. You can also click the link in the show notes or go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com and you'll see a tab, the big life journal. I am reading the older kids version of the Big Life Journal with kids on my kids' YouTube channel right now and with a group of kids live all springtime in my groups. It's been so great watching kids understand what it means to have a growth mindset and share with me stories of how they're implementing it. So don't delay. Get your Big Life Journal for your child today. Go to bit.ly slash share big life. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash share, like my name, C-H-E-R, big life. Now let's get started. Welcome to Parenting with the Focused Mindset. I'm your host, Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. I know that raising kids is quite the journey and doesn't always turn out as we planned. Here, we talk about the solution-focused approach. We learn how to celebrate when things are going well and how to deal with the many challenges that families face. 
Don't forget to hit subscribe, download, follow so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you right here each and every week. Listening to this podcast will help you be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Okay, I admit it. I love talking about the subject of hope, especially since I've become a solution-focused specialist because as many of you guys know, providing hope is the foundation of what a solution-focused practitioner does. I mean, the age-old, most famous question when you go into a solution-focused session is they'll say, what is your best hopes for this conversation? Now, that might be a bit dated and aged, and people might say it in many different ways, but ultimately, when I talk to one of my clients about their, um, I don't know, just about what we're going to be talking about, I always frame it in finding out what they hope for. What are their hopes? Now, a lot of people's understanding of hopes is that it's like wishful thinking, as in, oh, I really hope something's going to happen. I hope it rains tomorrow. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. That is not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the version of hope that is confident and expecting and living in expectation and a feeling in the heart that something that they have not yet seen or known can happen. Maybe it can happen because it's happened before or because they see it's like a light. It's like a, um, a cloudy sky when there's hopelessness. It's like a huge, dark, cloudy sky. You know, sun is somewhere up there, but you've forgotten all about it because hopelessness has taken over. But then that ray of sunshine pops through and you feel the warmth and that is hope. And then the sky opens and you feel the warmth of the hope coming all around to say, yes, this is what I hope for. This is what I really want to happen. This is the type of hope we're talking about because each of us have experienced a time of hopelessness and a time of hope. Hope induces a certain action within us that makes us want to move forward. It's not only the solution focused definition that I'm talking about, but it's also the biblical definition. The biblical definition of hope is a firm assurance regarding the things that are unclear and unknown yet. Even more so in the area of, um, gosh, suicidal ideation and these type of things, hope is what a person needs to walk away from even the darkest of emotions. Did you guys know that in the Old Testament, in Lamentations, Lamentations 3.18 to be exact, it says, without hope, life loses its meaning. I began to lean on that very feeling without life, without hope, life loses its meaning. What? That's so dramatic. Can we get any more, uh, you know, dramatic about this all? But you know, it really isn't. It is true. Hopelessness in the most raw form, it, it provides a certain feeling in someone like, why is it worth it? Why is this even worth fighting for? Why do I even try? You know, you look at relationships that die. You look at marriages that fall apart. At some point, hope is lost. 
in one of the partners or secretly, maybe both of the partners feel the same for years and they just don't want to say anything. It's hopelessness that ultimately brings relationships to an end that ultimately brings so much negativity. So I like talking about the exact opposite of that. And that is hope. Can we, as uh, the people that are put in the important role in our kids' life of the people that get to raise them until they become adults, can we look at ourselves as people that are instilling hope within them that their future is wonderful, bright, amazing. And then the place where they're starting to feel hopeless, like, oh, I just don't know if I can do it. Can we decide that we're going to be the person that provides hope? We're not going to steal it away. I honestly believe we can, but it's something we need to do on purpose because let's just be honest, fear wants to creep in and naturally our human instinct is to be scared about everything. Oh, what if this happens? Oh, what if that happens? I don't want my child to end up like blank. Well, if we are raising our kids and providing support for kids out of fear, we're not in our strongest, most confident place because we're busy having that internal dialogue within us of the negativity that might happen if something doesn't go right. Can you tell how that's not going to be a strong stance? You're not going to be able to see hope when you're too busy worrying about the fear. So I haven't been able to experience a situation when real and strong hope is also present while fear is also present. You have to kind of say, yeah, this might be a scary situation, but you set it aside. You have hope that it will go right. And that gives you the power to step forward. You know, but how can we help somebody find hope? I always believe that within someone is a spark of hope. I believe that with the most hopeful self that I have, when someone's in the darkest of places, I remind myself, you know what? Let's look for that hope. Let's look for that ray of sunshine that's trying to peek through. And one way I do that is by asking questions and listening. You know, I build a rapport with a person if I don't know them well, and then I'll ask them the question of, if this wasn't a problem for you anymore, what difference would that make? What if something happened tomorrow and you woke up and you noticed that everything was completely different and this problem, this heaviness that you feel, this, uh, this life issue wasn't so much of a problem? What would that look like? How would you know that it's different in that moment? Exploring questions like this can help someone see that light, help the clouds kind of part for just a minute. I can tell you that I'll even say to someone straight up, wow, that feels like you're really experiencing a lot of hopelessness. And many times they'll say, yeah, I am. And you know what you can tell someone who says I'm feeling hopeless? You can just ask them if you did have hope, what would you be hopeful for? What would you be hopeful would happen? Because many times we don't see it in front of us, but we can envision what it might be. And then we can say, okay, so we can have hope. And I've noticed that many people confuse hope 
for motivation. I honestly believe that the raw, raw uh, retreats or I don't know, motivational speakers that speak, you're sitting and you're listening to say your favorite motivational speaker and then you're just feeling inspired. You feel motivated. You feel like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. You have what we call a mountaintop experience. But when you go back to the reality of your every single day, that is when you find out if you have a burst of motivation or if you have hope for something better that's really been instilled within you and you say, I have hope now. Not, oh, I hope this all works out. I really hope that I'm able to be the parent that I want to be now that I've been motivated at that parent retreat or with my last parenting coaching session. Oh, I hope so. No, it's like I am hopeful. I have the hope that this is going to happen. And more than that, I am hopeful for my child as well. That's something that we can look for, choose, and then move forward in that. But guess what? That doesn't happen in a therapy session, a coaching session, at a motivational speaker. What happens during that time is probably leaning more towards the motivation part. I'm motivated right now. That's a great start. I'm not saying that's not an important thing for us to feel. It is. But then we need to take it a step further and say, wait a minute, if this was to happen, what does that look like? What am I truly hoping will happen? What do I, what's my very best hope? If this thing that I now am motivated about comes to pass, what is it about that that absolutely warms my heart, fills my body with joy, and then clarify it in your mind so much that you're walking in hope. You're walking in a certain level of faith in something that you haven't yet seen or fully experienced, but you know that that is your calling. That's your will. Recently, there was a retreat right here in San Diego um, where a bunch of people got together and I did not, but next year I plan to and talk about business and uh, people that I know went to that retreat. And then one particular person is in my mastermind group and um in the weeks after that, you can you can almost see in him like, okay, now it's the rubber the rubber meat in the road, man. We saw him the day he came back from the retreat, and it was like, oh, I'm so filled up and excited, and the ideas, and I just, I don't even know if I can share them with you guys. There's so many wonderful things that I could tell. Oh, he's been in that mountaintop experience. He's feeling that motivation. That's oh, it feels great. But then the rubber meets the road. And thankfully for this business partner, he's like, you know what? I said I was going to do my challenge for whatever he needed to do for his business, and I'm doing it. Then the next week, I did three podcast episodes. And you know what? That shows that it was more than motivation. Now he sees a vision of hope, and he's walking towards it. You know, did you, have you ever thought about the fact, I, I have, especially for those people out there that are counselors, um, or practitioners, things like that, you many times think, you know, the things that happen when they're with me is life changing. Like it's just going to open up a huge door for them and it's life changing. And then you're so surprised when you see them at the next session and you ask, hey, did you get a chance to do fill in the blank? And they're like, uh, no. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. What in the world? You know, we talked about that. You left ready. 
Uh, That's happened to all of us until we realize this fact that the real work happens outside of the therapy, outside of coaching, outside of the motivational speaker. That's when change happens. Change is uh, the vision is noticed, the goals are made, the steps are clarified, the motivation, all of that stuff absolutely occurs in the important and essential meetings that we have, such as mastermind, coaching, counseling, uh, retreats, mm, oh gosh, what else, Uh, conferences, all these things. They're so, so important. The change happens when we were moved so much by the news that we heard that we went home and said, okay, this changed me. And now I'm going to take the steps forward. The action that comes when we have hope is when the actual change takes place. And you know, when that happens, because a person might come back and say, you know, I might not have done those steps, but look at everything that's changed in my life. That's why I like the question better of what has changed as a result of us meeting, as a result of us having that conversation. And you could use that with your kids. It works great. You have a talk with your kids. It's still really muddly in their brain. You're not even sure for sure what aha moments they might've had. But when you circle back with them, you're like, has anything changed since the last time we talked? And even on a subconscious level, when they think about it on purpose, they might say, wait a minute, some things did change. I handled that situation in this type of way. And then you could say, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing that you're doing that. It's making a big difference in your life. And the building blocks begin to build higher and higher. Why? Because a person found their hope. I heard it said by Elliot Connie that we are hope dealers as solution-focused practitioners. And <laughs> I, I like it. I think he said it on my podcast a while back, but we're, we're hope dealers. We deal the hope out. We deal it, deal it, deal it. And we want to kind of think of the fact that we're filling you up with, a, I, I kind of think, dealing um, like the deck of cards when you're uh, playing poker or whatever, and we're giving you a winning hand of hope. And then you take that and step by step, you implement it and you see the difference and you make the changes. There was uh, a fa- actually a family I'm working with currently. And as somewhat of the result of the conversations that began to be stirred up in coaching, all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're moving, moving like, whoa, that's a big, bold move. But you know what? They needed that move and they needed to sell their house, find another house and make that move. And it wasn't going to happen by them trying to uh, fit a square peg in a circle into a square hole or whatever that saying is where they were at. The light shone through the clouds and they realized we need something more drastic. What we need is to move. And uh, it's just, it was actually really exciting to see and watch them um, shape their future as they are right now. There was also a child I was working with recently that made me realize that hope comes in a lot of different ways. And I want to tell you that story. This sixth grader that I'm, um, I, I see from time to time, 
uh, he, oh my goodness, he gets himself in so much trouble with making kids laugh at school and hanging out with just whoever he can goof around with sometimes. Sometimes he looks like he has absolutely no motivation for school whatsoever. And um, we'll call the student Ryan. You know that I'm not going to use the real names, but Ryan came into my office and his teacher was concerned because he was playing around and he was just getting people to laugh and leaning back in his chair and didn't seem to care. The teacher was aware that he doesn't have a lot of support at his house. His parents are, uh, we'll just say, extremely um, distracted. So he comes and sits in my office and I say, you know, I'm wondering, what are some of your dreams and hopes for your life? And he said, well, I just dream and hope that I'm able to make my own money someday. Had nothing to do with school. But here's the thing is if I would have started with, look, I heard that there's a problem in your classroom. I heard that you're goofing around. I didn't even start there. I just flat out said, I want to find out what some of his hopes are. are." And he didn't hesitate to tell me, I'm hoping to make some money of my own. And I said, well, what difference would it make if you started making money on your own? And he said, well, what I really want to do is move out of my house as soon as possible. I want to be able to be on my own. He said, I've been looking up how to be emancipated and just be uh, my own person. And the sooner I can make money, the sooner I'm going to be able to have my own place. And that's just going to be the greatest thing because I've been taking care of myself already for all of these years. I want to be able to do that. Now, I could tell that this was not coming from a place of rebellion. This wasn't coming from a place of teenage, pre-teenage angst that doesn't understand reality. It came from a child who's had a hard, tough life and has had to be the parent of his parent in many types of ways. And he's thinking there's got to be a better way. I can take care of myself better than this. And knowing that this is his motivation helped me to be able to ask some further questions to help clarify his little dream. It's his, it's his hope. Who am I to squish it? Why not help him find a way to really enlighten and make that bigger? Now, I know some other counselors that may have gone a different route and out of fear, their mind would think, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's talking about that, man. He's just a kid and he has a whole life and we're here to help him focus on school. And maybe thoughts of all of that is a reason he's goofing around so much. And you would have, I would have gone in a completely different direction with my thoughts and the way that I would approach him if I would have done that. But instead, I said, well, what difference would it make for you if you were able to move out on your own and have the money to do that? And he said, it would make such a big difference for me because I would be able to be independent. I'd be able to go to high school and not have all the stress and worry in my house. And he went on a little tangent. And this is something that he had clarified and thought about for quite a while. He talked about how he's already been practicing cleaning and taking care of the stuff around the house. He had actually already submitted some of his artwork um, to a comic strip place that was looking to um, go ahead and, and help him get his comic strips out. 
he did that all on his own without any help. And he's thinking about, you know, doing anime. And then he also has some ideas of how he can continue to play his video games where he can make money at a certain age. You can make money doing that. He has a lot of ideas, a lot of great entrepreneurial ideas. But right now, he's not seeing any correlation between that and what he's doing in school. School is a thing that he has to do, but he didn't see that correlation. And right away, I thought that I would love for him to see the correlation between the two, but how might I do that and also build up the stream of his? And I told him, I said, well, it looks like you've already been doing a lot of planning. It would be great if you were able to accomplish that. And I don't know when that's going to happen and neither do you, but I wonder if we could explore some of the steps, some of the skills that you need, some of the things that you might need in order to help you get there, because I'm sure that you will. He loved that idea. And we began to talk about the things that he would need. And he says, well, in order to get a job to be able to handle my finances and things like that, I'm going to need to know about math. I know I don't act like I really need to learn about school, but I realize that math is important because I think that's a really important skill for you to have when you're moved out. And I said, well, yes, I capitalize on that one, right? I said, yes. Well, how are you going to learn more math? What kind of grade are you getting now currently? He said, well, I never pay attention, so I'm probably getting like an F. And I said, well, what difference do you think it would make if you could bring that grade up just a little bit, like maybe even to a C? And he said, I think that I would be able to learn enough math to where it would be easier once I went to junior high and I wouldn't be behind. I mean, overall, it's just a good thing to not be behind. I should probably focus on that. And I said, well, why do you think you should focus on that? And he said, because I'm going to have to be really responsible when I move out. I'm going to have to be a very responsible person to take care of myself. And it's not really that responsible of me to act the way I've been acting in school. I said, well, what would you do to be more responsible? And what do you think you need to do to really build responsibility? Because that is true. Adults need responsibility. And even if you are able to move out before you are an adult, before 18, I said, if you're not responsible, then you might just crash and burn and you don't want that. He said, oh, no, I do not want that. I've seen enough of that in my life. I have to be responsible. So we made a list of what responsibility looks like. And I said, I wonder if you practiced being responsible while you're here at school. I told him, you know, school is kind of like a job. You come here, you clock in, the bell rings, and you have to be here for a certain amount of time. Why not practice your responsibility? Why not practice like you're already an adult that you're acting in the way that you would act when you're on your own? And he said, well, I never have thought of school like that, but I, I think I could he said, if I did that, it would definitely help me to be ready when the time comes. And I put a timeline on a piece of paper. And I, I acknowledge that he's been looking into the emancipation and all that stuff. But I said, well, look how close you are to, to 18. Even in sixth grade, you know, he's, he's pretty closer than you think. And I said, well, I wonder how long it's going to take you to get to the point where you can move out and feel confident, feel responsible enough, feel like you had enough money saved. And all of a sudden we're in goal setting mode. We're in the mode of beginning with the end in mind and backwards planning how he might do that and how he was being responsible in the classroom is a big part of that puzzle. 
So uh, right away, I could see the hope that he says, you know, maybe I have the hope that that could really happen and that could happen soon. So I'm going to start to work towards it. And off he went to school into his back to his classroom. And in a few days, I checked in with this teacher and I said, hey, I just wanted to check in and see how he's been doing in the class. And she said, you know, now that I think about it, he hasn't been joking around so much. The kids, have, he hasn't really been that class cloud anymore. He's been kind of keeping his head down and doing his best. I mean, not much difference in his grades, but I haven't really had to talk to him much. And I noticed that I had her acknowledge that with him. And I called him out and talked to him. And he said, Miss Kretz, I think I'm finally learning how to be responsible. And I think it's going to make a big difference in my life. What happened? He had a little dream, a little hope hidden within him. He hadn't really talked about it much, but he was moving forward towards it. But he didn't know how to connect all the dots of how even his own schooling would help him towards that. But when he was able to voice it with me, and rather than me squashing that little hope, that little sun ray light that was creeping through his cloudy days, I shed more light on it and more light on it. And by doing that, he was able to see how all of the things that he's been avoiding and uh, uh, the way he's been acting, I guess, a little bit naughty is not helping him get the very thing that he wants. And he changed it. And then hope led to actions and his actions started to make a difference. It's an amazing thing for us to help somebody find their hope and give them a thought process, a brainstorm with them, goal set with them to help them follow through. You know, it's been said recently, um, actually, (laughs) I was in a uh, training that our school provided for us. Recently, Actually, I was at a training that our school provides for us, and the speaker is somebody that I'm hoping to bring on to the podcast very soon. His name is Brett Zaromsky, and he is an expert in helping people use data, um, helping educators really to use data to find the gaps and help children to really succeed it's been amazing to listen to him be trained with him for the past two years. And there was a quote that he said that absolutely rang true to me. He said, hope is stronger than any other intervention. I mean, think about all the interventions that we put in place where, oh, we're going to do a math intervention and we're going to do tutoring and we're going to intervene and and have a very serious conversation with our child about their grades. And, and then we're going to let them know about the punishments that might happen if they don't bring up grades. But guess what? Hope is stronger than any other intervention. When Brett said that, I remembered my student and I remembered his journey. And I thought, yeah, it was hope that motivated him. It wasn't anything else that they could do to tell them, hey, you have to learn math, man. You can't just sit around and make people laugh all day long. He needed to find the thing that motivates him in such a deep level that it's deeper than motivation. It's a hope for the future. And so let's be the change agent in people's life and let's allow ourselves to find the hope within us as well. Help us unlock that potential. It starts with listening 
to ourselves, really listening to the things that we hope to happen, the things that we push aside, and then allowing ourselves to ponder. What would happen if that did happen? How would I make it happen? What difference would it make? You could ask yourself that very same question and see what changes occur because of that. See how just being a hope dealer could completely change the way that you parent, the way that you approach a scary, difficult, painful, and maybe even uh, horrific situation that you have right before you. It's not just a saying, saying, lighten it up. Look at it like lighting a path, lighting things up in the right way of a spray of sunshine, of hope coming directly down into your heart and just shining towards the people that you work with, the people that you motivate, the people that are in your life each and every day. And then allow yourself to also see when things go better. So my hope is that you'll be able to take this message and you'll be able to let your light shine in each and every space that you go into in the very next week. I would love to hear about it. If you want to contact me on my website, thefocusedmindset.com, I do have a contact page and it's kind of like a little email that you can type to me, but also I have a voice note there and you could leave me a, a, te- a, um, a voicemail and I can Just hear all about it. Hear what you've been going through, where you're at in your world. And as we come to a close, like I promised, I am providing my podcast listeners and my Instagram listeners for a very limited time, uh, a discount code that you can have and put in. It's good for three full sessions of coaching because I can take a few more clients in the summertime coming up. And uh, for the next two weeks, I'm going to keep that link open for this month. And if you would like access to that code, then go to my show notes and click the link or go to my Instagram, which is share, C-H-E-R, The Focused Mindset, and click on the link in my bio. That's where you're not only going to get um, some special access things that I'm allowing you to have as far as uh, a little bit of behind the scenes of interviews, but also I'm going to allow you to have that code. And then if you'd like to, you could go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com. You could put in that code at checkout. You can do an individual session. You could choose to do a month long session. It's good for three different coaching sessions. I'm telling you, uh, my time with coaching kids is some of the most rewarding things that I do. And then to be able on top of that, to be able to uh, coach so many of you guys that have uh, actual strong hope within you of raising kids that are productive, successful, that see their full potential. And that desire is so deep within you. It's, it's, amazing venture to be able to partner together with you. You can hop on my website and book a free discovery call if you just want to see if we're a good fit. And you'll find that under my products and also under the about me spot. So um, enough about all of that. It's time for you to find what you're most hopeful for. What is it that's your best hope for today? Clarify it. Think about it and walk forward towards it. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.